Welcome to the podcast. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn. He is back tomorrow. Today we go into the Supreme Court pick. What's coming up for Biden? How are the Republicans going to play it? Um, what is the What are the ramifications of this? We get into all that today and how dumb the decision-making process was from uh, Joe Biden. That's today. What's going on with COVID? We're seeing a real lifting of restrictions in European countries, and hopefully we're finally getting to this point where this craziness is going to end. We'll see. We get into that as well. Um, And we talk about the controversy with Neil Young and Spotify and Joe Rogan. A decision was made by Spotify. Not exactly shocking in my view, but how could this go wrong? Could it get uglier for Spotify and Joe Rogan? We'll get into that as well. Uh, You can listen to the podcast, of course, every day and subscribe and rate and review it here. We encourage you to do so as well as the uh, podcast for Stu Does America and Pat Gray Unleashed, both also available right here where you listen to your podcast, subscribe and rate and review. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Today it is Pat and Stu for Glenn, triple eight seven two seven B E C K. So the big announcement yesterday was that uh, Stephen Breyer is going to step down as Supreme Court Justice, which means there would be an opening at the end of the session, and I think the session ends, you know, after they make all their pronouncements in uh, in the summer. So uh, could it be Kamala Harris? No. Some are speculating. It might be. That would get her out of the way, at least, of the administration. And they could uh, try to find somebody who might help the administration and the administration's likability. And she's not She's not helping. And I think they know that. But I don't know that she goes to the Supreme Court. Yeah, I would say that one does not. This does not seem likely to me. Didn't he say, though, uh, he will appoint a woman and, and, and in fact, a black woman? To yes. the Supreme Court. And that's how we know right away mm-hmm. that no one can make the argument that the best candidate mm-hmm. will get this job because he's eliminated yeah. almost every person in the country. Yes. I mean, if you look that's right again, the a black woman may mm-hmm. very well be the most qualified person for the job, but there's mm-hmm. no way to argue that you went through a process where you could determine that. And that's the problem here. And like, think about how stunning that is. You're talking about the most important judgeships in this nation's history and you just said i'm good i'm just going for essentially aesthetics yes i'm going to i'm going to base this decision on skin color and on the gender. way they look yep yep gender and skin color are going to be my two first decisions it's crazy on the supreme court justice not who uh, the person is not what their legal background is just the fact that they are black and a woman i mean it is that's so crazy offensive and so anti-american full full stop you don't it would have it would be anti-american to say i am going to put, select the best white male to be on the supreme court that would be anti-american yeah it would be anti-american i mean yeah. think about what it is what it means to an asian american right now no chance you're eliminated you're right if you're a hispanic american no chance you're eliminated if you're a black man no chance you're eliminated. What if you are one of the other 927 genders and are also black? What if you happen to be a white person, a white male that identifies as a black woman? Mm-hmm. You're, you're. T- well, I guess that one could maybe slide through. But if you're, if you're um, non-binary, you have no chance. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. 
how many hermaphrodites currently serve on or have ever served on the U.S. Supreme Court. Just the one. Just just the one. Mm -hmm. And that was... No, I just want people to guess at who it is. (laughs) As of right now, I think the Uh number is zero. I think the number is zero. So think about this, Pat. African Americans make up 12% of the population. Mm-hmm. You've eliminated 88% of the population with decision one. Then approximately half of African Americans are men. Mm-hmm. So now you're down to 6% of the population. Of course, in that 6% of the population, approximately one third is too young and approximately one third is too old. So now you're down to 2% of the population. And honestly, like, that's just a wide range, but you've eliminated 98% of the available candidates for this job. Well, and then how many of those, how many of that 2% have been to law school? Right. How many of them are judges? And they don't have to be, but I think, you know, the precedent is that that's who we appoint. And you're supposed to, to be Supreme trained Court. in the law, I guess, yes, is the standard. Um, yeah. So, but that, that could mean a lot of different things. But the bottom mm-hmm. line is, even if you just take out, obviously, in every population, all those things apply, right? A lot of, you know, white males have not gone to law school, too. Yeah. But if you look yeah. at the population overall, you're eliminating at least 98% of the legal, legally available options to you, which means that even mm-hmm. if, and it may very well be true. Whoever they name is the best liberal uh, justice to go to the Supreme Court, the most qualified. They can't possibly claim it because everyone else was already eliminated when they had without any standard Mm -hmm. other than this color of their skin and what they have underneath their robe. It's a it's a we used to have this thing, Pat. And and some may argue this isn't better, but I will argue that it is. The old way we did these things was behind closed doors, someone like Joe Biden will say, I want a black woman for this role. And then we would fake it Mm -hmm. and we would act as if we considered everyone. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the most qualified person was was a black woman. Okay. Now, again, may very well be the case. I'm not saying it couldn't be, but... A person in politics would make a political decision based on some dumb, immutable characteristic. And we would all, they would bring in, just like the NFL does right now, right? The NFL, like if you want to pick a, a, a coach, you have, to, you have to interview African-American candidates, right? Now, even if you know exactly who you want to hire, you come in and you still have to hire African-American candidates. I think that's, again, a bad idea because it's based, you're making decisions based on skin color. Here with the Supreme Court, a politician may very well say, I would like to attract black voters. And we know this from all of the post-election writing that James Clyburn went to Joe Biden. This is a true story. Went to Joe Biden and said, if you want my endorsement, which we all know is the reason he's president of the United States, James Clyburn getting him over the hump in South Carolina. Because he had been beaten badly in the first two states and he was almost written off. Almost written off. Uh, if you want my endorsement, you will put a black woman on the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And there, is, there are multiple reports that in the middle of a debate, in a commercial break, James Clyburn went to Joe Biden and said, you need to announce this on stage. And Joe Biden did. <laughs> that is how pathetic Jeez. this is. It is completely politics. Now, there And are- he's apparently locked in from that time till the actual nomination. Yeah. So, okay, so Clyburn puts political pressure on him to name a black woman. He says he will. 
He comes out. He announces uh, that that intention. And the old way would be, you know, this would happen behind closed doors, Mm -hmm. right? He would not say it on stage. He would come out and he would go through a bunch of candidates. He'd bring in some white candidates he knew he wasn't going to hire. He'd bring in a Hispanic candidate that he knew he wasn't going to hire. And then he would pick the black woman and say she was the most qualified. And like, we all know stuff like that happens. But at least there is a possibility of a claim that she was the most qualified. You can't claim it with this process because you've eliminated mm-hmm. all of the other candidates. I mean, it's completely crazy. If you started out at the beginning by saying, I want the most qualified candidate and, and we already know that's a black woman, that would be different. Right, like because then you've you've at least considered everybody, but what you found out was the yeah. best candidate is a black woman, and that's why I'm going to nominate a black woman. Sure, they, like that, that would but, be a process, right? Yeah. If you named a specific person and said, like, I've really put a lot of yes. thought into this, and this particular black woman has, is the best, most qualified candidate, that's who I'm going to put on the the, the list of this. And Court. then at least it dissuades some of the some of the concern we have yeah. about just basing some something like this this important on the race of the person and the gender of the person right you shouldn't make decisions based on the color of somebody's skin or their gender that used to be the thing and it's the and opposite I don't even, now frankly I, I don't even know why we celebrate mlk junior day anymore because they've gone the opposite of everything he said every principle he laid down they are the exact opposite of it it's become a conservative holiday it's like it's, uh, it's yeah, like July fourth. Really it's like July fourth. There's only yes. one side of the of the aisle that actually supports it, <laughs> or that that celebrates the history of this country. Yeah, and MLK Day is becoming the same. I I'm telling you, like they we are not that far away from people on the left tearing down statues of Martin Luther King. We are not that far away from it. They've already done yeah. it with Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. How far could we possibly be? Not far at all. They've done it with Ben Franklin. In fact, wasn't one of the MLK Jr. uh, statues defaced? I wouldn't be surprised. Probably. Uh, I don't think it was on MLK Day, but it was a few months ago. They they actually spray painted and defaced it. And you will see, uh, they might not know it, but the same groups that marched in Charlottesville will be doing the same stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that that the left wants to do and look at the policies they're not that different you'll note the alt-right is pro-abortion the alt-right is pro-universal health care among other policies that are very similar because of course they are right mm-hmm. we, you know we don't need to go back into european history to find out what these groups tend to believe they tend to be socialists and by the way mm-hmm. when you look at the policies of people like richard spencer you find all sorts of overlap not with our philosophy of limited government you can't have limited government if you want to enforce racial quotas and and all sorts of terrible racial identitarian policies you need a big government to do that you know it's not said enough by us on the right that uh the alt-right that we're that's continually thrown in the face of conservatives in this country yeah and trump supporters in this country it they are the antithesis of virtually everything we believe yeah, like the, they they're big government people. I mean, totally. Robert Sp- is Spencer is it Richard Robert Spencer, Richard yeah. Richard Spencer. Yep. Uh it blew me away when he was talking about his uh political ideology. It's nothing like what we believe in. Right. I mean the the way the way alt right has been explained is an alternative version of the right. 
That's in reality, what it, is. what it is is the alternative to the right. Yes, it is not. It's right. not part of the right. It doesn't make any sense that it would be part of the right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, these mm-hmm. political lines are, aren't always drawn on policy. I know, and that's part of the, that's part of the reason why that sort of thing happens. But still, it is a a, 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 a way to vilify your average person who just wants lower taxes. I mean, that's what this comes down to. Uh, but with the Supreme Court, it's just an embarrassing, you know, everything Joe Biden does is a giant embarrassment. It's hard to not be embarrassed by this person. He's just yeah. terrible at all of these things. And again, like, I don't, it's not any He's better. dangerously to, terrible, yeah, too. Yeah, he is. I, well, we may be launching us into multiple wars, yeah. so uh, that's even worse. But we all understand these things happen behind the scenes. They shouldn't happen, though. And to when he's doing it overtly like this, it is acknowledging, it's codifying this terrible ident- ident- uh, identity politics standard where we just pick people based on the color of their skin. I mean, you could have done what Trump did, right? Release a list of 20 Supreme Court mm. justices. Right. On there are several people of color. Probably you know who you're picking before you walk in day one, but at least mm. it gives the... Uh, the the appearance. appearance to the public that it's not okay to pick on color of skin right at the very least you're sending the message that you that you don't want to do that mm. even if you do and biden was like i'm so desperate i'm just gonna say it i mean he was so desperate at that point in the campaign he just blurted it out we forget sometimes that he lost iowa and new hampshire yeah badly and nevada and nevada yeah, yeah so there were three losses yeah. piling up and he was being written off mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the south carolina comeback brought him right back into it i had people coming on studios america telling me they you know bernie sanders said won the nomination it was over oh wow and it wow. wasn't over no uh things turned around quite quickly i mean uh, and you know honestly you'd say normally thank god it wasn't bernie sanders but what but would you notice really, would yeah. you notice a difference here no if the only thing i think would be different is i don't think bernie sanders would say i'm definitely picking a black woman to be the supreme court justice <laughs> <laughs> the spending yep. levels would be similar yeah. And the loss of freedom would be similar. Yeah. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. It is Pat and Stu for Glenn, triple eight, seven two seven B E C K. I love the fact that an ultimatum was laid down. For Spotify, uh, you got to make a choice here. You got two artists on on your site, and <laughs> one of them has to go. Uh, tough call. A tough call. Um, what do you do? Well, you choose the other guy. Uh, <laughs> Neil Young. <laughs> I don't know if he thinks this is 1969 still, mm. 1970. Uh, even then, I'm saying, okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye, Neil. Uh, Neil Young demands that they that spotify drop joe rogan first of all you should be able to noodle this out they just signed a 100 million dollar deal yeah. with joe rogan mm-hmm. think you're not going to win this fight uh but he he told him you can either have my music on your site or joe rogan you can't have both and they summarily they, dismissed his music they agreed they we can't have both yeah right and we will not have you darn it we're gonna miss old man look at my life <laughs> i'm a lot like you were what are we gonna do without that song what are we gonna do without it because <laughs> i because I, I have don't this, know i have this opinion i don't know how mainstream <laughs> it is uh-huh but that neil young sucks 
Yes. Oh, he's actually oh, terrible. Neil Young sucks. Am I? What's the what's terrible. the classic rock opinion of Neil Young? Because I know Crosby, I lot, Stills, still, Nash. Yeah, and they Young. like him. You know, as a songwriter and a singer. And yeah, I, I don't know how you can like him as a singer. It's like the Bob Dylan experience to me it's uh bad there's a lot of people who Singing love lines. bob dylan it's yeah. not my thing i don't get it i don't either the neil young thing falls in that category really don't get neil i've young. had relatives who love neil young live and die with the guy even Ugh. though he's obviously you know no conservative and many of these people are conservatives but still love huh. the guy yeah because he was like you know i don't know speaking out against the man back in the day or something sure was and yeah. that big is anti war guy big uh, you know he was always bumping up against the government but now uh i guess he's all in with the government which is kind of interesting you know mm. you got this 60s protest singer and that's really kind of what he was what he what you kind of identify him with uh, and he was sort of counterculture and now you're all about this administration and everything they say yeah i remember back in, in 2006 uh he with crosby stills nash and young they they sang the song let's impeach the president and they were talking about george w bush right. they were against the man fighting back right. against, fighting the, against man. the man now of course the ironically named free speech tour <laughs> that he was on at the time in mm -hmm. 2006 that He's kind of given that one up. Is that ironic, isn't it? <laughs> hey, the free speech tour now turns into get Joe Rogan off of Spotify. My God! I mean, what a pathetic group of people. You can't hear a different opinion. You can't. And you know what? There's no way Neil Young is listening to this opinion. He's not hearing Joe Rogan's opinion. That's right. He's, He's heard that Joe Rogan has said certain things. That's what he's doing. He wants people to not be able to hear those things. He doesn't want you or me or anyone in the audience to hear that Joe Rogan likes some other treatment for a virus. <laughs> like, that's how pathetic this is. And it worked for Joe Rogan, right? So how is it misinformation if he's just telling you, here's what worked for me? Oh, I mean, it's hard to tell what works and what doesn't, especially with COVID, when uh, the yeah. overwhelming majority, especially Joe Rogan, who's in a, a guy who's in pretty good shape, relatively young, you know, doing absolutely nothing probably also works for Joe Rogan, right? Um, that's not something that the left yeah, a lot of times wants maybe. you to hear. But I mean, mm -hmm. most people are okay. That's what I did. That you did, I right? I did mostly nothing. I took some vitamins and, and uh, steroids. That's and, what I took. And you felt sick for a little while and then yeah. got better. It was right? miserable it, for a couple of days, but I lived. Exactly. And Everybody the on case. the show got it. You know, Keith got it. Mm -hmm. He he went with ivermectin. Mm -hmm. uh, Rob, producer Rob got it. He went with ivermectin. His wife got it. She went up with finally in the end. First, she started with the Merck pill, which didn't do anything for her, but give her bad side effects. And then mm. she started on ivermectin. That worked for her. Mm. I mean, how many times do you have to anecdotally hear about it working for people before you say, huh, maybe we don't understand everything about this? Yeah, yeah it's just it's just the bottom line is. And I keep coming back to this with the COVID thing. and We don't need to go deep into it, but it's like we have a lot of tools now that we didn't have two years ago. Mm -hmm. This is not March 2020 anymore. People have yeah. choices. And you might say that choice is dumb. A lot of people think and that's that fine. ivermectin is a dumb choice for COVID. A lot of people think that uh, the vaccine is a dumb choice for COVID. All right. You know, we are at least, Pat, six months away from anyone being persuaded on either side. There has not mm -hmm. been a single individual mm -hmm. persuaded either way in six months. Okay, <laughs> or more, or more. I mean, I, I, when you look at the um, the vaccination data, 
uh, from uh, in Trump counties and Biden counties. Mm-hmm. It's almost identical until May. It's almost identical. I mean, they mm-hmm. rise at all the same paths and then they diverge and more blue counties get uh, have higher vaccination rates, though. To be clear, it's not that dramatically different. I mean, people mm-hmm. make a big deal out of these differences about the, the majority of both parties have been vaccinated at this point. You know, there is a split. So what? Let people make their own decisions. There are a lot of things out there. If they believe yep. it's ivermectin, you know what? It's not your responsibility to micromanage their health. You're not their dads. Okay? Let them make their own choices. If you think, uh, as was stated in the New York Times recently, that the that COVID for a vaccinated person is less dangerous, less dangerous than the flu. Mm. Right now. This is not something in the future. This is right now. This is... It doesn't matter if you, as a conservative, or you, as maybe a COVID skeptic, believe that statement. The, the important thing is that they believe it. They believe... Their sources are telling them a vaccinated person has less risk than the normal flu. That is what their science tells them. Who cares what your science tells you? Who cares what the, the opinions of all these other people are? Mm-hmm. The bottom line is, the only people who want restrictions are people on the left... And that's what they believe. They don't act like they believe it, man. I'll tell you that. But that is what their science tells them. So this is over. The point, the fact that Joe Rogan talks to an audience of mainly younger people who are incredibly likely to have no problems with COVID anyway Mm -hmm. and tells them to take Let's just say it was a completely BS solution to this problem. Let's say it's tree bark. He was like, you know what? You got to chew tree bark. If you go out to your yard and you start biting on the nearest tree and pull off a good chunk of bark and you chew it up into little pieces and swallow it, that'll cure COVID. Who cares? If you're going to Joe Rogan for your health advice. That's the thing. You you, he, you know he's not a doctor. Mm-hmm. He's a guy trying to figure the world out. And everybody the, who listens to him knows that. They, yeah. they know he's just a guy talking on a podcast exactly. about his opinions. And, you know, look. Well, that doesn't mean I'm going to run out and do everything he said he did. Yes. Do you know, Joe, the first, Man. one of the first interviews I heard about COVID was on Joe Rogan's show. And it was with Michael Osterholm, who is one of, was, was an advisor to Joe Biden. Okay, mm-hmm. and he came on and said, "Hey, you know this actually could be bad. Like this is this one. This one is not like some of these other ones that have come and gone. This one we could have real problems <laughs> with." And he went through the whole situation, mm-hmm. and he said in that interview, we should point out that that it's not at all obvious we should close schools. In that interview, it was in like January or February of twenty twenty. So before any of this stuff wow. even hit it, he hit us hit us here. Yeah, he said schools. Eh, you know, that's probably not a, a wise choice. But in addition to that. Joe Rogan, during the interview, asked him, asked a, a, a virologist if one of the cures could be saunas. What if you went into mm-hmm. a sauna and okay. breathed in the really hot air? Would that kill COVID in your lungs? That was one of his questions. Huh. Now, but, now that he said, no, no, that's not how the body works. And Rogan was like, oh, okay, I just heard it online. But that's Joe Rogan's approach. Like, he's, yeah, he's looking he's around, asking he's questions. asking questions. He doesn't... And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it. It can be very entertaining. It can be very informative. A lot of people probably heard that same rumor at the same time and had it disproved on Joe Rogan's show. 
because right? he brought it up. Because he brought it up and was willing to, you know, to ask a question that some journalists mm-hmm. might feel like, oh, this is a silly question. He doesn't care. He's a regular guy. He reads something. He wants to know more about it. And he's not he's not embarrassed to say, sometimes I don't have all the knowledge, right? And instead of treating him as a really, you know, this will be an important thing. Like, what's his face? Sanjay Gupta went on his show. And on Rogan's show? On Rogan's show and yeah. talked to him for an hour. And, uh, you know... There were times in which he was, I would think, I thought was evasive to what Rogan was talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were times he brought up things that maybe that audience hadn't heard. And maybe it convinced some people that uh, of of different solutions. The bottom line is just have the guts to go on and talk to the guy instead of silencing him. Yeah. If you think he's wrong, then go on the show and say that he's wrong or disprove him with some science. And Joe Rogan himself has said he's not a COVID expert. He's not a doctor. In fact, he said, I'm an effing idiot (laughs) who does a podcast. (laughs) Right. He's not claiming to be a scientist. Yeah. So, you know, everybody listening doesn't just run out and do what Joe Rogan said. You're, look, it's you're, madness. As, as Joe Rogan would tell you, if you go out and listen to every piece of Joe Rogan's health advice, the man's talking about doing drugs like 80% right. of his shows. Like right. he's not, it's not necessarily. Elon Musk smoked pot on his show. Right. Does that mean every every American listening is going to run out and buy pot and smoke it now? No. No. No, it does not. No, it does not. There's this weird thing the left wants to do, silencing speech. And it's yeah, not like, about them hearing it. Mm-hmm. It's about others hearing it. Because God forbid they might be convinced to an opinion that's different than what Neil Young believes. And look at Neil Young. Does he look like the picture of health to you? <laughs> Guy looks like he could keel over at any second. But he's 117. He's 117. But defense, when he was 40, he looked like he could also yeah, keel over at any second. He's never yes, he looked did. like the picture of health. <laughs> so you shouldn't listen to Neil Young's advice. And you shouldn't listen to Joe Rogan's advice either. Or mine. Or yours. Or Do even, your own research. Yeah. How many times has Glenn said it? For, you know, 20 years, he's been saying, do your own research. And I will say, you might... You might get the wrong answer if you do your own research sometimes. That might happen. But first of all, it will be your decision. Mm-hmm. And second of all, you don't have to do this alone. You have a doctor of your own. Go to them and ask them what you should do. Mm-hmm. The, the, you don't need to listen to Anthony Fauci, who might be an infectious disease expert, but has no idea what your, your individual situation is. He doesn't even know who you are. Go to your doctor. Talk to your doctor. That's a great way of handling these situations. And, and Anthony and, Fauci hasn't hasn't actually had any patience for over 40 years <laughs> I mean, right, come I, on he doesn't treat people anymore it's not what he does no. that's not his role and so you shouldn't take specific like you know he can say as a as a public health expert what he believes should be done and those those suggestions can be processed by politicians who are supposed to be experts in political science mm-hmm. and and care about their their uh constituents not just go blindly along with every expert that passes by that's not how this is supposed to work that's a different country that's a different alignment that's a techno uh, technocracy there's a bunch of technocrats running the country there you go there you go yeah it's that that's not what we have and not what you want this is the best of the glenn beck program Glenn Beck program with Pat and Stu today. Glenn's back tomorrow. Uh, we've been talking about the Neil Young Spotify situation where I bet they really had to think long and hard. Now it's either Neil Young or it's Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. 
<laughs> I think, it took, it, I that think it took that long. I do. Oh, I don't think so. You don't think it was that long? I think a it process? was more like is Neil Joe Rogan. <laughs> I don't think they got through the full Neil. But what we take mm-hmm. for granted now is Spotify itself. Incredible. That is the most incredible thing uh, that 20 years ago, 15 years ago, really, you, you couldn't have imagined such a thing. I guess it was just starting to be a thing with um, what was the initial? Oh, Napster. Napster. My gosh. Mm-hmm. Napster. Napster was the thing. Yep. Yeah. And you could illegally download illegal. music. And then iTunes, uh, Apple said, hey, you know what? Maybe we can make that legal and actually let people stream stuff. And then it just exploded into Pandora and Spotify and, you know, a million different outlets. But the ability to think of a song and think, wow, I haven't heard that in a long time. And five seconds later, you're listening to it. Yeah. I have, this happened to me last night where my wife just said a random word that reminded me of a band. And then 10 seconds later, I was listening to that band that was, you know, totally obscure. But I was trying to think awesome. about how to explain to my kids what my younger life was like listening to music oh they totally can't relate to that yeah i I remember i used to go i used to drive around the state with my friends who were who were you know we were largely fans of like the same bands and we would go and Mm -hmm. like look for rare releases and like b-sides and remixes and like for you know overseas (laughs) releases of albums that had an extra track right and like you'd hunt these things down like you're searching you know you were you were in a river looking for gold back in the (laughs) 1800s And it was so difficult, and you'd 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 luck out and find you'd find one copy of it. It would be like thirty eight dollars. You'd be like, screw it, get it anyway. You know, like you didn't care because you wanted to get your hands on this. Now they have everything they could ever want yep. immediately, a hundred different versions. You know, we we miss how good things are in so many ways these days. I think often because of the obvious and important bad things that are going on Mm -hmm. we miss a lot of the good things yeah and it's changed things to the extent where uh, there are certain things that just don't exist anymore like calling 411 or (laughs) uh you know going to a music store or you know (laughs) trying to find sheet music you don't need to do any of that and i wonder we haven't worked in music radio for a really long time do they even take requests anymore does anybody make a request you don't need to i don't need yeah. to be listening to my favorite radio station and call them and say hey would you please play the new song by olivia rodrigo <laughs> you you go to spotify and you're listening to olivia rodrigo immediately it's we really should incredible. we should know you have called stations i have for the latest many olivia times. rodrigo many times with that voice because you want them to think you're 14 <laughs> hey would you please play <laughs> what's the name of the song where it's good for somebody or whatever. <laughs> See, the fact that you know that much is, is already It's too impressive. much, really. It, it is. It's too much knowledge about it, Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, that's. Are you the person I always hear blasting <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo when, when you pull that's into the me. parking lot? Yeah, that's I thought me. so. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, but it is amazing. And, and look, there have there are always ups and downs for this. If you owned a music store, you probably don't think this is as wonderful as many of the consumers do. But it is incredible what mm-hmm. you can get. And it is. You can with a few commercials get it for free i mean the you know I, I subscribe to that i think i think spotify is the one i subscribe to um and it's you know this is as much music as i could ever want all, yeah. always available yeah it's incredible a it similar really thing is. a similar thing has happened with movies at home yep anything um, we want last week we, we we have a little tradition at my house where the kids come over and we we do movie night Steak and movie night every Friday. <laughs> and, nice. and we lost access to the internet. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We, I, I can't, we can't watch anything tonight. 
I don't know what. And I, you know, we've got a little room that has about 500 movies in it that are on DVD. <laughs> but I forgot that that's even an option. The yeah. thing. I mean, DVDs are pretty much archaic now. Oh, you don't yeah. even even the Blu-rays never use them. Yeah, you can. I mean, there's just it's too much of a hassle. It's like yeah. you're thinking about actually going in and putting. It's unbelievable how fast that stuff happens too. You know, really it, fast. It was like back in the day, you had the iPhone where you just type in the the code, mm-hmm. and then it was the right. fingerprint. And I remember thinking, why would why the heck would I need to just do a fingerprint? It's so it's like it's what is it one second you're saving, <laughs> and within a week it was irreplaceable in my life. <laughs> and then uh, wait, I have to type in four yeah numbers yeah. I can't do that. It seemed completely yeah, insane within a week. And then they came out with a face ID That's thing. Great. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, they're scanning my face, all this information they have. <laughs> within a week, it was irreplaceable in my life. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine putting my finger on the phone now. It just seems insulting. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't even ask you to do no, that. No, don't ask me no. to do that. No. Like every once in a while, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the mechanics of it, but like you, 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 maybe you turn your phone off and when you turn it back on, you have to type the code instead of the face ID one time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I want to burn Apple to the ground I... when it happens. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think about trying to hire arsonists in China to burn uh-huh. their factories down every yep. time they ask me to do it. That's how insane you get. You're thinking about a killing spree, <laughs> aren't you? It went, it's like, why? Should not have to do it shouldn't that. Shouldn't be that way, but it is. <laughs> It's so it's it, it's just incredible how we take for granted yeah. are amazing. Yeah, and you know, I mean, like even in times like this where you know we've had obviously not only the battles that we often discuss uh, on you know talk radio with the restrictions for COVID and all the terrible side effects they have had on our children mm-hmm. and all of that. Not to mention the actual health effects that have gone on and you know all the people who have suffered and lost loved ones and all the terrible things that have happened over the past couple of years. You know, you go back and look at death rates from 10 or 20 years ago, and we're still doing better than them. I mean, we're doing worse than we were Mm. a couple of years ago, but still much better than we were doing in the 90s. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've all this stuff is improving all the time, and we always miss it. You know, so that is an important thing. I mean, we we often talk about how uh, the, the example I think is the most pressing is, you know, since you know, we were younger and then you go back to the 90s, for example, this show started, uh, Let's see. I started working with Glenn back in 1998. So that's a long time ago. You go back, obviously, even further than mm-hmm. that with Glenn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just since those times in our lifetime, we have taken billions of people out of poverty. We capital oh, global yeah. capitalism spreading has saved billions of lives. The number is so remarkable just in the difference in the last like about 20 years, the difference in the amount of children who die of hunger right and mm-hmm. malaria and various diseases around the globe that number has gone down considerably the difference is something like eighteen thousand kids a day that used to die now live that's a staggering In number just our wow. lifetime and if you ask people wow. has poverty gotten better or worse in your lifetime it's like 80 percent think it's gotten think worse it's, yeah and the total opposite is true. This has been, I mean, I don't think it's even arguable. It's the greatest accomplishment of humankind in the past thousand years, probably. And it's still disparaged. Still, And it's still happening, too. Yeah. You know, it's but it's totally disparaged. And it, we see nations around the world turning against capitalism, including our own. 
How remarkable Maybe is that? Especially our own. Yeah, I mean, it's the most it's the most uh, symbolic one, right? The the country that brought globe capitalism to the globe, proved that it's the best system, mm-hmm. became the global superpower. Now is hiring people who hate it, right? And you know? want to change it completely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the difference of uh, you know maybe China moving a little bit into the world of capitalism and then now moving back the other way again. I mean, that's notable, sure. It's certainly notable for the Chinese people, but it's not notable like the United States, who you know brought this system to the people, brought this people system to humanity, and is now turning against it. Which reminds me, since we're talking to Neil Young, we can go to the other side of the spectrum. And somebody who talked about capitalism, a rock star that you would not expect to uh, sing the praises of capitalism. You remember what uh, Bono said about capitalism a few years ago? Uh, Imagine for a second this last global recession, Mm -hmm. but without the economic growth of China and India, without the hundreds of millions of newly minted middle class folks who now buy American and European goods. Imagine that. Think about the last five years. Rockstar preaches capitalism. <laughs> wow. Sometimes I hear myself and I just can't believe it. Um. <laughs> and I mean, that's a really cool thing, though, that yeah. he, he recognizes that. And, you know, he's, I don't think, certainly Bono's not a conservative. Oh, no. But he understands what capitalism has done for this planet. And the hybrid, even, of capitalism in China has brought 400 million people out of poverty. Yeah, it helped them for a while. I mean, we, we have an author on, I think it's next, next week, who's written a book. He's a Wall Street Journal reporter who wrote a book. Uh, I think it's called Red Carpet. And it's basically about how China has influenced Hollywood and the other oh, way around. Yeah. You know how, And we hear these stories where they edit things out. There was a great one. Uh, it actually happened uh, today. Do I have the? I don't have the text in front of me of it, but it was the end of Fight Club. Have you heard this story? Oh, I read a headline. I didn't read the story. It's amazing. Basically, the end of Fight Club, if you've never seen the movie, is you know the the main characters of the of the movie. Spoiler alert! By yeah, the way, spoiler alert. They're standing there looking out the window, and they're which we can only describe as a terrorist revolution is underway. They are getting, they're bombing the federal, the financial buildings and watching all the buildings collapse into the ground. That's how the, it's a wonderfully uplifting movie. Uh, And so that's basically the end of the movie in China, right before the buildings blow up, they cut it off and they just put on the screen. Like, uh, I can't remember. uh, They're they're like, uh, thanks to Tyler's advice, the Tyler's tip, the police un- uncovered the plot and arrested all the people, and uh, they were put in jail and were eventually put into lunatic asylums and were released in 2012. <laughs> it's like legit. The end. The end. Uh, like, uh, like the exact, not only great. are they editing scenes out of the movie, Jeez. they're changing the plot <laughs> to the exact opposite uh, because they uh, want to show that they won. And so anyway, this book wow. is about the influence. And what, one of the interesting things that China did with this capitalist expansion that wasn't never really capitalism by any means, but it was access to markets, is they came over, they dumped tons of money into places like Hollywood, learned how they did everything, mm-hmm. and then went back and just started their own film companies that are now making as much money as Hollywood is. No longer is American culture dominant around the world, but now a lot of Chinese culture is dominant in many areas of the world. And so they've totally changed that dynamic by basically coming over here and stealing our ideas and going back and replicating them. Right. Uh, this was obviously mm. part of the plan for a long time. And, you know, President Xi has made things much, much worse. But it, it's, it's interesting to watch that play out because it's, it's going to 
It's going to have really long-lasting implications. Na, na, na.